Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. My people, before we get into this episode of Small Doses, want to remind everybody that Smart, Funny, and Black will be in Chicago Saturday, September 28th. Yes, this Saturday with Spice Adams. Oh my God, if you don't know who Spice Adams is, you need to get it together. Go on Instagram and go to check out at Spice Adams. He is a hilarious brother who will be joining us on stage and will be doing something unique that we don't do often, but that we did in Atlanta and worked so well that I want to bring it to Chicago. Well, we're going to give somebody in the audience an opportunity to come on stage and be the hometown hero and compete against Spice Adams as a black spurt. We'll be choosing that person from the audience. And just to give you a heads up, if you're wearing some Smart, Funny, and Black merch, you got an even better shot at getting picked to come on stage. What will happen is we'll pick three people. They'll come on stage. They'll play a game. And the winner of that game will be voted on by the audience. And whoever wins that game is who gets to continue playing for the honor of being inducted into the illustrious league of master blacksperts. Get your tickets for Smart, Funny, and Black in Chicago at the Chicago Theater on Saturday, September 28th at smartfunnyandblack.com. Get your tickets today and we will see you then. So I don't know if you all been watching my Instagram, but last week we had Cree Summer and Jasmine Guy of the legendary A Different World as our Black Spurts on Smart, Funny and Black. And it was just an incredibly momentous, seminal moment for me to get to share the stage with these two women who are not only icons, but for me were like idols and, and you know, they were influential in my development as a young black woman, as a creative and as a comedic performer. And you guys, like, I cannot express to you how incredible they were on the show. It was mind-blowing. And it was one of those moments where like, you know, in your mind, you're like, this would be dope if this could happen. And then it exceeds all levels of dopeness that you ever at any point could have even uh, just imagined. We had them reprise their roles for one of the games. So Cree Summer brought out Freddie Brooks and Whitley came out to play with us. Then Jasmine Guy at one point she did the, all that, sang all that jazz, and we did the choreography together. And it just really, for I know a lot of the audience, and I know for especially for me, it was so incredible just to witness these two great women who have been incredible performers get to be themselves and have fun on the stage. And that is what Smart, Funny, and Black aspires to be, a safe space to be our whole Black selves, and also a place to honor and uplift and uh, and really just cherish and celebrate like black culture. And that doesn't just happen in terms of like pop culture, um, in terms of like TV shows and film. And that doesn't just happen in historical ways. That doesn't just happen in giving posthumous credit to those who have passed on. That happens in being able to like give folks their flowers who are still here with us. And Jasmine Guy, Cree Summer are two women who have had long careers and basically, I, in my opinion, I don't feel anybody took their spot. 
Like, I don't feel like we've gotten to see Jasmine Guy really doing her thing for a minute, but nobody took her spot. And I was like, Jasmine, you better come back. You better get back in the game, honey, because you still have your slot and you can get back into it at any point. And that is rare, y'all. That's rare. It's rare, but it's a testament to the dopeness. It's a testament to the 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 uh, impact of the work that they've already laid down. So in honor of that, this week we are reprising our episode Side Effects of Being a Black Woman in Hollywood with Cree Summer. This was one of our earlier episodes here at Small Doses. And um, we wanted to, to just kind of revisit the wisdom and the gems that Cree so generously dropped for us that day. So I give to you side effects of being a black woman in Hollywood. Enjoy. It's another episode of Small Doses, and we have a very special guest today. <laughs> I know my parents love me. Yes, we have the one and only Miss Cree Summer with us today. I can't even handle it for several reasons. One, for the obvious reason that Cree Summer is an icon, not only from a different world, but from the various roles that she has held as a voice actress. But because our topic today is Black Women in Hollywood. And I just thought it was super dope to have somebody on the show who's been a black woman in Hollywood, not just in the traditional sense as an actress in front of the camera, but also in the voiceover world because we haven't seen a lot of black women in that space, in the animated space. So really blown away. Can't, I can't even wait to get it started. I think we should just, should we just do it? Let's do it. Let's just do it. Good. But first, let's sip some DMT. DMT. We're serving it. All right. Before we are blessed with the gem that is Miss Cree Summer, let's let's answer some some DMT questions. Now, generally speaking, are black men supportive of black women in Hollywood? I see Chris Rock giving you big ups, but this is just an, is this just an exception to the rule or the norm? And I mean from A level all the way down to the set and makeup folks. Well, you know, I think this is a really interesting question because I think People will have different answers. Um, I personally feel like outwardly that has not been typically the case. I don't really feel like I see a lot of like advocacy on a very public vocal level in that way. I mean, you have folks like, you know, Denzel who have been very clear about like, I need to always have a black woman as my wife in a film. Um, you know, you see... People like Charles King uh, with his macro company just really like helping to put money behind black women creatives. Um, I think D.L. Hughley is also good for that. And it's just great to see Chris Rock doing that as well. But I just named four people. Like I shouldn't be able to just like name people. It should just be like a blanket situation. And I think that especially in comedy, that hasn't been the case in, in a greater number because there's always been this boys club of comedy. And it's kind of like if you're not a woman that's willing to like boys club it up, they feel like, oh, you're not really down. Like I've had a comic tell me like, yeah, I don't like having women open for me on the road because I feel like they're judging me and they're not really like they don't really get what the lifestyle of the road is. And it's like, oh, so you mean you're like fucking all these hoes and they're looking at you like, mm, don't come home with a baby. 
that's essentially what you're saying. And he was just like, no, nah, I'm not. I mean, you know, I'm just saying, like, you know, we operate a certain way. And it's like, women's, women's, women's be cramping the style. And I'm like, first of all, it's women. Second, um, maybe your style does need some cramping. Because clearly, like, if you feel this way, it means that you already are judging yourself. Like, that's really what it is. But I would love to see a lot more support from um, from black men for black women in Hollywood. I think that is absolutely important. And especially when we have this like Me Too moment happening, you know, for what, for what it's worth, I feel like black women's voices in the Me Too moment haven't really been as vocal because a lot of us are still protecting <laughs> the black men of Hollywood. And there's definitely this overarching feeling that says like, you know, we've already worked this far. Like, we'll just handle this on the inside. And... There has to be a change from both sides in that respect. You know, we have to hold each other accountable, but we also have to big each other up. I should have an NAACP award for how many brothers I have lifted up. So I would love to see more of that happening, but I absolutely feel like it is happening. I'm not saying it's not happening at all. I just want to see it happen more and in such a more and a more public space. Um, but I love to say that like the guys that we have on Insecure. They're the greatest. Like, we have a great cast of guys on Insecure who are supportive. And, I mean, Wade is my husband on Insecure. And he's, like, my work husband in a very real way. And his fiance is even like, I mean, I love you guys. Because <laughs> we have our own <laughs> marital relationship uh, on the set of Insecure. So that's my answer to that. Here's a question. As a black woman in Hollywood, is it not a responsibility for you to check, call out, hold accountable your black male peers, i.e. Charlemagne, for the disrespect shown through their platforms to other black women by calling them out publicly or not visiting his show like nothing happened? Well, actually, it is my responsibility to do that. It is, however, not my responsibility to do that publicly. The reality is, is that I have different relationships with different people and the, the most important thing is that I don't have a personal relationship with the audience. Uh, I have personal relationships with actual human beings. And so I think that sometimes the audience like gets misled in thinking that as, as a black woman or as somebody who is outspoken that you basically are now uh, tasked with owing them an explanation for everything you do. I made it clear that I spoke to Charlemagne on the side, which is what you do with a friend. And I was... I was, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I was satiated with his reply. And as far as I'm concerned, that's all anybody need to know. <laughs> that's it. If I'm okay with it, be okay with it. Uh, it's one thing for somebody to continuously be ignorant without any growth happening. But as I said when I was on The Breakfast Club, what I love about Charlemagne is that he continues to grow. He continues to check himself. He is who he is. And um, I have my reasons for being a friend, his friend. And that's fine. And, you know, you have your reasons for following me or not following me. And guess what? That's fine, too. Next question. All right, well, this is a different one. I actually love that this is like outside of just like a career question, but it has to do with relationships in career. How about when you shoot your shot with another actor? How does that work out? Whether you make the shot or not, how do you balance professionalism and seeing what's up? Well, especially during this Me Too moment, 
uh, that's happening, you know, this is a really, really pertinent question because we've heard about it from the male side of things, but from the woman side of things, it's like, well, how does that really play out? Um, I mean, I've absolutely like dated fellow actors and I think for the most part, it's always been a very, it's, well, it's, first of all, it's always been a respectful approach. Like, I don't feel like any of them, like, came at me in a weird way that I felt, like, coerced or pressured or any of that. Um, but it was always kind of like a, oh, we're laughing excessively on this set. So let's see if we're going to continue to laugh after. And you just, you know, you just, like, casually just, like, keep talking. And then it's like, oh, what are you doing? What are you doing? Okay, I guess I'll come over. Okay. And then you hang out. And it's like, oh, my God, we're watching Game of Thrones. We're making out. Ah. Um... <laughs> true story the thing about it is professionalism is all about understanding that whatever emotions were exchanged between y'all hold no place in this professional space and that my dears takes maturity which is something a lot of people are lacking and I'm not judging anybody because I think it's something that you have to learn and gracefulness is not an easy thing to come by. But if you're going to have relationships with people in close in close quarters, you always have to consider like this could not work out. And if you're going to try to have a relationship with somebody in close quarters, this could not work out. I had a gaffer holler at me. A gaffer is the person who does the lighting on a show. I had a gaffer holler at me on a show I was doing and he was like, Amanda, you know... I just wanted you to know that I I am interested in you. And I, full disclosure, word had got to him that I thought he was cute. I didn't send word. I didn't send it. But it got to him. And he ended up, you know, hollering at me. And I want to save the full story of this for another episode because I truly believe that you all need to experience the full story of this because it was literally a relationship in 72 hours, like an entire whole relationship. I may even dedicate a whole episode to an act out of this relationship. I think that actually might be something we need to do. Rebecca, put it down. Put it down. She's typing. Because I may need to literally do like an old school radio movie Hollywood story, you know, like, a Walt Whitman tale of that relationship, uh, but the, but the point is, is that it it didn't it didn't it didn't really last. Okay, seventy two hours went by very fast, and then we had to shoot again on Monday, <laughs> and I had to really say to myself, like, how are you gonna handle this? Because he was like really ridiculous. He wasn't nasty but he was just like ridiculous and I decided to do the Michelle Obama thing you know just run that run that train by they go low we go high and so I came into work and I could see him like averting his eyes which by the way if he's the gaffer and he has to light me he can't really avert his eyes he has to see me and then he has to see me on the monitor and then see me again and see me on the monitor and he's like trying to pretend like he doesn't really see me it's like oh you see me bro you see me I'm wearing bright ass colors you see me bro and eventually I just alleviated his stress and like came up to him and was like hey so hope you had a good rest of the weekend um if you could send me the pictures you took of me in front of the jellyfish, 
that would be great because they were fantastic. All right. I'm going to head to lunch. Want anything from Crafty? And that was that. But it just made everything easier that I took like the high road to like literally just like be nice. We didn't have to talk after that. We didn't talk after that. But it just took the tension out of it and it just made for us to be in a professional space without there being like any extracurricular concern. So I think that's really what it boils down to is just knowing that like you're taking a gamble if you shoot the shot and you don't make it, but you're in a professional space and that really trumps everything else. As long as the person didn't disrespect you, you know, the person didn't over go over any boundaries, there should be no issue except for your ego and you got to check it. All right. So for the last DMT, I really liked this question. Hi, sister. I would love to know if the put-on factor works for you all in Hollywood. I see when looking in media that the Avas and the DeReeses have all female crews on purpose. But you know how some people say black people send the elevator down only for a certain amount of folk, i.e. Barack not filling the White House with hella black folks once in office? Is there a fact to this in terms of production TV and film? Well, I think that there absolutely is... um Uh, there is a concerted effort to say like, you know, we need to bring folks in because the reality is, is that Hollywood is over overwhelmingly white and it's overwhelmingly white because people are in the white bubble. And the reality is that you hire who, you know, and that's just the basics. So if you only know white people, you're going to end up only hiring white people. That's just that. And so it gets hard to kind of get in spaces that are, you know, not, It gets difficult to get in spaces that you don't know somebody in because typically when it comes to this type of work, even though it's still work, it's personal. Like you're creating art. So you want to trust people you know to be on your staff to create art. So it ends up being a trickle down of just who knows, who knows, who knows, who knows who. And a lot of folks really just stay in like their ethnic circles for what it's worth. The reality though is that in the black community, we do have to send down the elevator to bring folks up, but we have to do so in a way that's also like, yeah, but I also need to help infiltrate other circles because we need to diversify these circles so that there isn't a continued segregation because the way that things will change is when shared perspectives get to be shared, right? And that has to happen not only behind, not only in front of the camera, but behind the camera. Remember when Matt Damon was talking about diversity only matters to the people in front of the camera? I mean, I just... I, I mean, I just, he's lucky. He's lucky the Martian was good. He's lucky. Because I was like, throw the whole Damon away. Throw it away. How you like them apples? Because it was just such a ridiculous statement to say that diversity only matters in front of the camera. I mean, you guys, the way that these films get made are by people who are in desks deciding what gets to go down and be in front of the camera. So if you have people in executive positions and in producer positions that are diverse, then you get to have more diverse stories. It's just the way it is because people naturally as human beings attach to what's relatable to them. It's just the way it is. So in sending down the elevator, I I mean, I think Barack and politics is, a, is one thing. I think production is another thing. I personally work with a lot of women because I don't get along with a lot of straight guys and egos. I just, it just doesn't, it just doesn't work well. And you got to know 
what works well. And it's like, I'm not saying that that's the bottom line and that I've never gotten along with straight guys. But the reality is, is that if you know that there's a propensity for that, it's like, why would you continue to create that situation? I open the door for situations. I, I open the door for all opportunities for people to be able to step into a, sp- a position. But when I'm hiring and I ask certain questions, I get certain responses that'll let me know, oh, we're going to have a problem. Yep, me and you, we're going to have a problem. Like, if I ask you a question and you, like, how would you handle this? And I see even a hint of defensiveness, I already know. It's not going to work. Because if we're just playing, if it's just playtime and you're already like, well, I mean, I mean, what, what, I mean, what, what, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> I'm like, when it gets real time, uh, I don't want to have to, like, be protecting your feelings when we're trying to protect the production. So I find that a lot of times uh, just my my personality can rub straight guys the wrong way in a work environment. So I end up bringing up the elevator for a lot of young women because it seems like we just have a more synergistic uh, work relationship. And the reality is, is that we need to have more women in production anyway and in production and trained properly trained to be accountable, trained to be detail-oriented, and trained to have a high level of quality control. So that's where I'm at with that. But you got to send the elevator down. But here's my tea. I will always give the opportunity to black folks. But if you don't take the opportunity, everybody gets a shot. So don't be mad when there's white girls on the team. Because they showed up and they showed out. Hey, white girl. I love you too. People I like. Yeah. Get to the point. I am. I am. I am. I am. I am. Is this going to take a while? Is it going to So, I don't know if you all can hear the laugh happening (laughs) on the couch, but it's one of my faves. Um, You know, People I Like is, the name of that segment is as such, so that I don't ever have to interview somebody that I don't like. (laughs) That's literally (laughs) the whole thing. Because, you know, like, sometimes with these podcasts and stuff, like, you feel like, okay, well, this person would be, like, good for the brand or good for the theme. And it's like, no, the thesis is People I Like. So if they don't fit that, we're not fucking doing it. And um, it's always great, though, when I get to interview people I love. Oh, baby. I love Mm. you, too. And so today we have uh, (laughs) just the incomparable, the legendary. In my own fucking mind. (laughs) Yes. The iconic. Yeah, I love that because it always makes me think of Spinal Tap. Do you remember when Stone? <laughs> remember when Stonehenge came down yeah. and they're like, no one knew who they were or what they were doing, but their legacy remains. The little druids of Stonehenge. Remember? Yes. And that little fucking. I, whenever I hear legend, I always That's picture you. like this. You're descending. Yeah, <laughs> I'm descending from the, <laughs> from the top of a, yeah of a defunct heavy metal band sky. Ladies and gentlemen, that voice that you've heard, that you've been hearing all your life, is Miss Cree Summer. Hey. Hi, hi, hi. And um, you know the theme for this this episode is black women in Hollywood, and you know. You have a very unique journey. Yes. 
you've actually managed to like continue to be a black woman in Hollywood, but like you diverted from, I think what most people consider to be like the regular typical path. Yes. Your IMDB is stupid. <laughs> it's like a thousand credits. Yes. I, I looked. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yes. Like, this bitch got like 250 credits. <laughs> um, and, you know, the voiceover side of things, I want to get into that. Okay. But first and foremost, like when we even just state the theme of black women in Hollywood, like what's the first thing that comes to your mind? The first thing that comes to my mind is scarcity. Mm. Yeah. Scarcity. Scarcity of roles or scarcity of just us in general? Just us in general. Just presence. You know, I, I just remember even my desire to be an actress. I remember just, it was Troy Bayer and Lisa Bonet. Yep. You know what I mean? And that, and just that, yeah. just not having just that that wealth, that treasure trove of... Of I, you know, of 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 what a, a young white guy would have. He could be, you know, thirty different guys could be his aspiration. And for me, it was like Troy Bayer and Lisa Bonet. Yeah, you know those what are I mean? the options. Yeah, that's what you get. And then you and, became like friends. Yeah, thank God. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, and then you became friends because they're only going to let four of you fucking in the room anyway. Yeah. So the two were there, and then you and I showed up, and now there's four. And that's what I mean when I say scarcity. You know, just not enough, God damn it. Do you see anything? Do you feel like it's changed at all? Sure. Sure, I do. I do feel it's changed. But it's always that precarious change of, are, are we just a flavor right now? Is it a phase? Is, it a phase? Is this something to, to just calm the savages down, give them a couple of fucking outfits, and they'll think, you know, and God, and then they'll calm down, Ooh, and then we're just going to fucking leave. You know what I mean? And then we'll just leave and go back to just casting all white chicks again. You know, who knows? I mean, still, you know, it goes beyond us. When I think women of color, I think indigenous women. Of course. I think Asian women. I mean, I think just because they're throwing sisters a, a bone, when is, it, when is everyone going to get a fucking yeah. bone? When do we all get to play our own roles? You know what I mean? I feel like there's absolutely like a certain level of renaissance happening right now. Yes, yes. I think a lot of it is actually based on work that you were doing in the 90s. Yeah. You know, like yeah. we've kind of... Those of us who were inspired by that back then are now like in positions to kind of create work that is just inspired by that. Listen, it's exceptional. I'll never take away from it or take away from the joy it gives me mm -hmm. when I can turn on the TV and know, oh, you got to have a black person in this show. <laughs> you know, it's 2017. Yeah. Your show is not going to get picked up if you don't. Right. And that's good for me. And that's good for all of us. You know, so in that sense, yes, I think it is a great time. It's a great time. I just want some more. More. That's all. Yeah. Um, what I'm not sure I want more of yeah. is people keep talking about like a different world reboot. And yeah. I'm just like... Doesn't it sound awful? Yeah. Well, I actually, I don't mind the idea of a different world reboot without... Don't bring our old carcasses out of the fucking grave. <laughs> but, you know... Not even as a dean? Sure. Yes, sure. I, yeah, sure. I could be Can't the hippie be like, teacher of literature yeah. with nine, nine kids, <laughs> 19 kids. You know what I mean? And, and my... Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that doesn't bother me. But I do like the idea of another black college. show based on a college because it did so much good. And there's nothing wrong with encouraging education. And I'd much rather see that than us doing a 902 or, or us doing these teen shows that I see are popular right yeah. now. You know, we don't need a black version of 90210. I'd rather see 
No. Different world. Called Rodeo Drive. Yeah, Rodeo Drive. <laughs> yes, Baldwin Hills. Yes. You know what I mean? Or whatever. Which was a thing. Like, Baldwin, I, I, yeah. girl, I know. I know. Yeah. It was like a reality thing. Yes. Yeah, unfortunately. Mm. <laughs> I mean, the assholes too. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, when I moved here, um, so for those who don't know, like the way that I even met you yeah. is because this all started with me dressing up as Freddie Brooks for Halloween. <laughs> Do you remember this? I don't. I dressed up as Freddie Brooks. I've, well, I've been you for Halloween for like four years. Yes! Like, the only reason I wasn't this year was because I had these damn twists at the time. Which are cute. Thank you. Yeah. So I had to be Paula J. Parker from... <laughs> That's right. I saw a yes, picture. That was Friday. good. That Thank was a you. good costume. So, where Craig at? <laughs> And my assistant had to like help me put on these like Lee press on nails that were like talons, but I could only do one hand because yeah. I needed a hand to be functional. Yeah. I don't even understand how people were. Functioning. I don't know. I just, hygiene is a question mark. <laughs> hygiene, hygiene is because you can't. Yeah. How do you wipe mm, your shit? How do you wipe? And so, <laughs> someone on Instagram had sent it to you, on Twitter had sent it to you. That is right. And you had replied to and it. And I said, this kicks yeah. ass or something. This is beautiful. And then you yeah. followed me. Yes, I followed And then you, you followed me on and Instagram. And then I followed you and I started listening to you and I just thought you were so smart. <sighs> and and I always love that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, and when I see reflections of us that where we're just exposing, showing a, instead of a little leg, showing a little brain, you know, it's so attractive. And, and I just thought I'd hang out with her on purpose. She looks like such a cool, <laughs> like she just looks like such a cool chick. And then I remember I told Angela, I said, do you know Amanda Seals? I said, she's really funny. And I said, she's got like a great energy. And he said, I went to school with her. Columbia! Yeah, we're, we're talking about my, my husband. Yes, yeah, her husband yeah. went to the Institute yeah. for Research in African-American Studies at Columbia <laughs> University. You know, so rest in peace to Manny Marable. That's right. I know I just heard about that. No. Is that, are you talking that's about? That's not new. Oh, okay. Okay. Did someone else pass away? Yes, someone just passed away. The dean of admissions or someone there. Oh, I don't know yeah. if I know okay. the dean of admissions. Okay. I only know the black people. He was a black, a black man. The Dean of Admissions at Iris? No, 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 at Columbia. Oh, I'm sorry. We're okay, talking about okay, different okay. things. I was That's like, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Token. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got five on it. <laughs> so, but then what was dope was that when I was moving out here, yeah. I sent you a DM yes. in Instagram because I was like, I'm going to be moving out here. I'd love to meet you in person. Yeah, you said, let's have lunch. Because I really feel like we get stuck in the bubble of social media mm-hmm. and then it's like you meet someone in person. And I, I like have these weird times where like I'll have like a fan who'll be like, I'm at you oh, know D, come up to you and D- tell you two five six seven. <laughs> and I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. They're like, remember because I sent you that video about blah blah blah. Oh, and it's like an eerie kind of like oh, weird creepy, thing. Yeah. Even like I was trying online dating for a second and like this guy was like, Okay, you know, can I get your number? And I was like, why does it feel weird to give you my number right now? And I realized because I've never met you in person. There you go. That's why it's weird. There like we're talking, but I've never had like an in-person. It's catalog dating. Yeah, it's bizarre. And yeah. um, catalog dating. It's just weird. You know, you're just flipping through. You don't know anything about it. <laughs> Remind me offline to tell, you, to tell you about that. <laughs> okay. So, but the best part of it was that when we sat down to brunch, first of all, we're cancers. So we first found out we even, were cancerian yeah, and yeah. that was it. And because we were cancerian and so self-protective <laughs> and have the same friends we've had since we were three years Correct. old. And you rarely make new friends as a cancer. Yes. So we were both shocked that we showed up. <laughs> we like we made it there. <laughs> Do you remember? Yeah. I was like, I can't believe we're I here. actually came to this yeah. fucking lunch. I came. And then 
We like, well, like, well, as soon as we became, as soon as I got there, I knew we were going to be friends, so it was okay. And I yeah. just like you know, you know that you're like an icon, and so when you are, I mean, I know that now that I know you, you're like whatever, bitch, but- <laughs> and an asshole, <laughs> I, I, icon slash asshole. So we keep it all level. But here. it's always nice to meet people whose work you admire, and then you can admire them as a human. Yes, like that's always like a great and it's feeling. rare. Super duper rare. It's hard to meet people that you admire because they usually turn out to be real assholes. (sighs) Because they know so many people admire them and they've just stopped giving even an effort (laughs) forth to being like a fucking human that's useful outside of whatever art they do that people admire. And it's like, but you can also just not be a dick. That's always an option. You can also just not. (laughs) That's also an option. But what I loved was we were talking about my web series, Get Your Life at the time. And I was telling you that I had just moved to LA and I was trying to get people on board. And as a black woman in this town, so much of our only option is to create the option. That's right. Create your own. Like that's literally it. Like there just isn't anyone thinking about us. People are not writing scripts like, you know what we need in here? We need an honest depiction of a black woman. Never. Because they don't even know. <laughs> Said no creative Said ever. no creative yeah. ever. Yeah. And then even that, even, even if, let's just like say rhetorically speaking, like even if they thought that, then they have to figure out for a lot of the cases, like, well, where would I find that? Because they don't even know what that is because they haven't had interactions yeah. with a lot of black women outside of like what they see on TV or their one black friend who probably may not have even had a lot of interactions with other black people herself. <laughs> Exactly. You know, like Daphne is just very, Daphne is very sheltered and she's hated her ass her whole life. Her whole life. And her real main use in middle school was to teach y'all how to do the running man. (laughs) Which she never did right in the first place. She never did it If anyone challenged Daphne, it wouldn't have been right So that happened to me. It did. When I was on my brother and me at the cast party, we had some little hood (laughs) chicks there that were like extras in the show and they came to the party. Yeah. And... I got in the circle. Uh oh. They were playing the Tootsie Roll. I will never forget this until I, I die. And I got in the circle to do the Tootsie Roll, and it was more like a Werther's original. Yeah. And you heard a lot of, mm. <laughs> it was oh, just, mm. yeah, like yeah. it was really, <laughs> I'll demonstrate it before the day is over. It Please. was a really like sad, it's a rude sad. awakening, wasn't it? And I remember then this girl, Cassie. Yeah. Cassie came in the circle and really did the fucking Tootsie Roll. To this fucking day, when I do the Tootsie Roll, I do it like Cassie. Good. 12-year-old Cassie was like, (laughs) my hips didn't even move like that until I fucked somebody. You don't know until you know. I didn't, I just, I. You don't know until you know, baby. It was like, you have been misled. Hannah, (laughs) Ashley H, Ashley C, Lindsay with an EY, and Lindsay with an AY have all misled you into thinking that you were doing the Tootsie Roll. And you were actually doing a Jolly Rancher because well, you because you could have done anything for them, and they would have thought. They, it was yeah, thing. it was yeah. on rhythm, yeah. so they were like, "Wow, this is dope." <laughs> and so that's why, like, when we are creating stuff, I'm like, "Can we support each other when we're creating stuff?" Now, don't get me yeah. wrong; I'm not saying you gotta support. Hold on, how are we doing with that? Blow blowers, LA blowers. It's, it's audible, but I can fix it. Okay, all right. When when like when you're trying to do this stuff. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying you got to be down with everybody's shit. No. But then it's like, when it's good, support it. And you like, felt like my shit was good. I just liked you. 
I mean, I, I didn't even know. Do. I mean, like, I didn't even know. I don't even think well, I, I explained to you. You what explained it was. to me what your podcast was, and then you or not your podcast. You yeah, explained the, to me what your web series was, and then you said, "Do you want to come do it?" And I said, "I don't. No. I don't act very much on camera." I anymore. didn't. That's not what happened. Oh, what happened? I literally said, "I'm doing this web series. I'm having trouble getting women." Oh, and I and said, "I'll do it." You literally. I didn't have to I, ask you. I said, you. "I'll do it." That's I right. I didn't even have to fucking I don't ask think you. Did because ask, that's did who you? you are. I know. You literally I went. Do it. When do you need me? And then a oh, child right. inside of me. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I did. Opened that. up. <laughs> it was. It was like a child inside me crawled out of my rib and was like, "Yeah." <laughs> and you may not know, but like stuff like that is yeah. what gives you like. Because hope is, a, I always, I always say like hope is a currency that you can survive on for quite yeah. some time. Yeah. And even when you don't like have money, yeah. if you have hope, you can actually ride that wave a little bit. It's a sea upon which you can sail to your goal. And like you gave me a little extra stretch of ocean yeah. with that because Aww. it was like, oh, all these chicks ain't bitches, yeah. you know, like you, because that's just not always the case like we've talked about. But, but I think I did that too, probably because I just really did love our hang was a it was a very good hang and i just thought what could it hurt? It'll just be a really nice experience. And it was. It, it was, was a beautiful day. We got great pictures. We got great pictures. We got our album cover. We got our album cover. And I, I, and people were so happy to see you on screen cuz i don't do that much. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Because you do the voiceovers. Yeah. And when we were talking about like scarcity before we came on the mic, you were talking about how like with the voiceover world, the scarcity is just as pervasive. Oh yeah, over there. I mean, there's a reason that every that I do all the black female characters. You it's, really do because it's just me, you know. So talk about scarcity. You know, there are other incredible black women that do voices. It's just there's only four of us or only three of us, you know. And there was a time when there was only one of us. That's me, why me. your IMDb has yeah, nine million yeah. credits. Because it was just me, and then and then there's also the sad thing that there's not a lot of black characters to play. You yeah. know, when you, I mean, you and I have this in common as well. We're both avid comic book lovers. Yeah. We're Star Wars fans. We both are really heavily addicted to sci-fi and fantasy. Yes. And you know what it's like to exist as a black woman in that realm. You don't. You don't exist. You don't have any... In their fantasy, we are not existing. We are non-existent. So imagine doing that for a living. You're in this realm where black chicks don't exist at all. Are there any... Do you feel like there's any animation... Like the way that we're having this kind of little... I won't say little. The way that we're having this... This this surge, surge. Yeah. Hey, hello. (laughs) Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but the way that we're, ha- yeah, this push where we're all being seen finally, do you think it's carrying, you want to know if it's yeah. carrying into animation? At all? I don't, I don't think so. Because yeah. no. I, I haven't seen it, but no. I don't know you're on the inside. The, so. the answer is no. I think the concern for whether or not black children are seeing themselves in cartoons, I don't think that's a big, heavy concern mm. with anybody in the industry. Yeah. I don't think so, no. Car- cartoons are still predominantly white. Even if they're aliens or even if they're it's so true. fictional characters, you know, they're still white. Because there's like you know. Estelle's character on Steven Universe. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's Doc McStuffins. That who we love. <laughs> who we love. And then I'm on a new show on Disney Junior called Vampirina. And I am a black mother with a black daughter and a black son. Nice. So that's it. But that's by Chris Nee, too, the woman who brought us uh, Doc McStuffins. So this is her. her this is her doing it. So once doing again, it again, right? It's like one it's chick staying doing it. in the same realm. Yeah. 
When you're doing voiceovers, though, and like, there's not a lot of black people behind the scenes in voiceovers. No. I'll also let you know there's ten of there's ten of them. You know, I know all the black animators. I know that the, the, I don't know any black animation directors. I mean, it's just it's just not you know. Is there more other? <sighs> um, are there other representation? Like, is there more Asian? No. So it's still just white. It's still just white. Yeah. Because like when you go to Google, there aren't any black people there barely. No. No. But there's hella Asians. Hella Asians. Well, that's where they are. They're all there. Yeah, they're all, <laughs> that's that's they all there. Are. That's yeah. where they're not in animation. They're all there. They're all like Google. You know, and I think that there's like this thought process that says like, well, no, we filled the diversity quota because we've got yeah. all of Asia here. Yeah. Um, and I... <laughs> oh, and I think this chick, one, there's a chick who's on a new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's about to come out. Um, it hasn't been released it? yet. There, yeah, a uh, cat something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I auditioned for these voiceovers, and I'm never, like, really sure, like, when they have the black character. Like, what are they, what is their thinking of, like, what is black? Because I don't well, feel like you have done the stereotypical. Now they're scared shitless. I mean, now they just want you to sound white. Now they're scared to give it any flavor, you know? Um, when you, do you feel like when you I go I put in, it in when I want it, you know, because I, that's the wonderful thing about animation that seems to be a little more open than on camera is you are given that a little more creative leeway to decide what you want this person to sound like. Mm-hmm. And, and oftentimes, even if they have an idea, they're very open-minded about what you're going to bring in. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And so... Uh, usually if I see a black character, I mean, unless they're from Des Moines, you know what I mean, or whatever, unless they're from some isolated white place, then I will give them a little, just a little flavor, please. But you have clout on that side of the field at this point, right? No. No? No, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think I have any clout. Why do you say that? I feel like you're the one. Um, I think, I guess I have. Like you're not auditioning anymore. Yes, I still audition. This is ridiculous, yeah, people. Audition. I don't audition for everything. You know, I have... You should be offer only. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Talk to my fucking agent. Um, no, but I do have I do have lots of friends now that yes. I didn't have before. And I do have... Now I do get calls that say, Cree, just come in. Like, all my jobs this week I didn't audition for. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So that's nice. Do but you, they're all guest jo- spots. You know what I mean? Right. They're not reoccurring. Yeah, they're like not if it's a Yeah, car- if, if it's a job... Actually, that's not true. Sometimes I do get gifted jobs. Yeah. I don't consider it a gift. You're the gift. Ah, thank you. <laughs> thank you. I mean, it's always a gift when you don't have to work for fair it. It's always a fair fucking gift. Yeah. <laughs> well, before we get into the next segment, I yes. want to know this. Like, yeah. how do you feel or do you feel that going into voiceover versus staying as an on-camera performer? Yeah. Like, do you think that has retained any sanity for you as a black woman in Hollywood? I think so. I think I'm just, I've got more, much more autonomy. You know, I don't think... I don't think people are as interested in what I'm doing, and I think that's a nice kind of thing, you know, especially being a mother and a wife. I think it's, I just don't, I don't feel um, the cult of celebrity as much. I don't feel a pressure of celebrity either. It's so dope because you're like an icon, but not a celebrity. Yeah, and that's nice. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. You know, and I do, I mean, I still act on camera when. I'm with friends. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. if a friend calls me up and says, I'm doing a short or I right. say, of course, of course, I'll go be with my friends. Um, but I've got, um, things have changed now. I really like being where I am. 
you know? And also, I think I, I contracted Graves' disease when I gave birth to my daughter, Brave, mm. and it changed my eyes. And I think mm. I have a very heavy-duty insecurity about the way I look on camera now. Really? Yeah, yeah. So I think that also probably contributes to the comfort zone of doing voiceover, you know? And it's also nice that it doesn't matter what size my ass is, and it doesn't matter that I'm 48 and getting older. It doesn't matter... The color of my skin yeah, as much, you as know. Much. I just there's such a freedom in voiceover for me. Hmm. So anyone who's listening, yeah, because I think that there's also like this very limited scope. I mean, we've already talked about the scarcity of yeah. black women in Hollywood, but there's also like this very limited view of like what you can be in Hollywood. A hundred percent, you know, hundred percent, and it's because you don't see anybody. I mean, if you only see me in reference to voiceovers, you're not going to say, "Let me go be a voiceover artist," because you're like, they've already got one. <laughs> You know what I mean? And that's an awful truth. It's an awful truth. I mean, there's certainly room for more. So come on. <laughs> if you're yes. out there. Y'all got these voices. Get, get it together. Got get these voices. That, that one time. <laughs> we have a segment on the show called yes. this That One Time. That One Time, yes. And that one time is our story segment where we tell a story about being a black woman in Hollywood um, or just like, an, or we tell a story that has to do with the theme. And so, of course, our theme this month is being a black woman in Hollywood. I don't know what story. So I, I would love to hear if you have any, I, well, you did, I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to okay. be, I just listen, try. you are a black woman in Hollywood. So I feel I like am. any story you tell me. Okay, good. I, well, I, the story I wanted to tell has got nothing to do with it. But when I came into your apartment today, you had these different world pillows. I did, which was so... <laughs> y'all, I just totally like forgot that I had these different world pillows and then Cree was coming in the house and it was like... <laughs> and I, I was in the... I was like mid-conversation, right, Lindsay? And I look over and I was like, what the fuck is this? And then I started to giggle because... I don't know if you know this, but I am a diehard Frank Zappa fan. Yes. I mean, he is... My God, my, okay. my deity. And in my dreams, I was going to marry Frank Zappa as Obviously. a girl. And then I switched, of course, to Dweezil. <laughs> I was going to be Dweezil's Naturally. wife, right? Yes. I mean, I have journals with full of me and Dweezil. Oh, we're going to wow. get married. God, I hope he never hears this shit because we're friends. It's <laughs> so creepy. So Linda Perry, the music producer, and I did a cover of Frank Zappa's Dirty Love. And we called in Dweezil to play guitar. Okay. And we called in Ahmet to sing because okay. he sounds exactly like his dad. Super creepy, magic, you know? Yes. So I'm just listening to Ahmet getting wet, you know, going through lots of changes. <laughs> and then at the end of the session, he says, would you like to go on a date? I think I said yes before he got even, would you like to? I was like, yes, 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 <laughs> motherfucker, yes. So, and I remember going home, telling my best friend, uh, Tamara, who was my roommate at the time, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a Zappa. It's done. It's done. I met Gail, his wife. She loves me. You know what I mean? <laughs> We're going to do this. And so I'm preparing to get ready. Everything looks good, casual, not trying too hard. The doorbell rings. I open the door and he goes, is that my dad's face on a clock? <laughs> Literally right in the fucking foyer is this massive Frank Zappa clock. Oh. Like your, like your fucking pillow. Yes. And so just, you know, it was one date. You know what I mean? I think oh. we got, I think from the clock to the car 
And I was trying so fucking hard. But that was my, it's my, that's my story. <laughs> that's my story. I had a Frank Zappa clock and oh. it was so awkward. It's like, is that my dad's face on a clock? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's I get the fuck out of here. I went on a it's date so... with somebody and then I looked at their Twitter and the header for their Twitter yeah. was the My Brother and Me logo from the show I was on. <gasps> See that hat right there? It was that logo. No, that's from the show so I was creepy. On. Yeah. Oh, that evaporates moisture. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Just... It makes your vagina zip up and hide oh, in the my closet. Gosh. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's the tough thing about dating in LA and being a black woman in Hollywood and being a black woman because in you can't yeah. really, you know, like you were saying that. Your husband is not in our field. He's not in our... Well, he is... So, yeah, he... I mean, I guess he is sort of, but you're right. He is not in our field. He is a beautiful company called 3BD, and he manages all the world's top YouTube stars, and they create content for them. So, no, he's not a performer. But he's not a performer. I think it's wonderful. I think there should only be one in the house. <laughs> You know, I have. I always say, like, there can only be one Andre 3000. Like, yes. there can't be two three sacks. It's hard. It's but hard. then it's like... But then it works sometimes. But, uh, I, I mean, I guess it I does. don't know who it works. What, who, I know. Who are Let's the think, examples? Who are the examples? I was going to say John and Yoko, but Yoko is mm. an artist. She wasn't a musician, you know, and also she... It looks like Janae Aiko and uh, Big Sean have got a thing going. That looks How long has that been going on? Quite some time, but I'm impressed. I'll say this. He's on her album. What about Jay-Z and Beyonce? There you go. But he's not really being... I feel like he is more an exec than a performer now. But I think think that's what happened. Isn't that the law of entropy? Like, one goes up, one goes down, but do we ever stay... Like this, you know what I mean? Yeah, because even me right now, like I am performing, but my performing is slowly but surely like coming more out of like a different place of purpose than being a performer, you know? Right. You like have, you have something you want to say. Yes. Yeah. It's so like deeper. even when I'm doing lectures and whatnot, like it's just not. It's not rooted in like hear me, see me. Yeah. It's it's yeah. rooted in like this message has a need behind it that I want to give to you, not just because I have a, a narcissistic, right. you know, or, or even that. just as a creative, like for, for Smart, Funny, and Black. But you're that, you just said the key word, you're a creative. No, what I was going to say was I mean? like you're, you're, my creative space is driven by something different than something it used deeper. to be. Yeah. Well, that's it, when you're young, yeah. Yeah, like it but used also, to just but be... But you're right though. Some people don't even evolve into that. They don't. Yeah, that's true. Some just stay there. They stay there mm-hmm. and that's why I'm single. Because, <laughs> that's not why you're single. Because like that's who I'm around. <laughs> I'm around. I'm around people who get their fucking rocks off oh. by feeling like, look at me being creative. And it's oh. like, I, is that just a weird? Is that just that the men have been in power for so long? I mean, I, I mean, I remember when we were on Different World, Jazzy and Jada and Charlie and myself. And I remember like the the basketball players would come, and the actors and the young actors yes. at the time that were. Very popular, you yes. know, like where you're in your dressing room going, oh my God, so-and-so's coming. Get your shit together. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. And I remember they'd go right for the extras. They'd say hi to us, the stars of the show. And then they go right to the extras. And then it would be like me and Jazzy at a bar alone at the end of the thing. 
And they would have all gone out with the extras. And then, you know... And By the then, way, Jazzy and is then, Jasmine oh, so, Guy. Sorry, uh, Jasmine. Just so for anyone who's listening. <laughs> but you know what I mean? And then who's I'm, lovely also, by the way. Oh, she's the tits. When I met Jasmine, she's the I was tits. so worried. No, she's you know, the I'm tits. honored that people are, people are comparing my character on Insecure yeah. to Whitley. How fabulous like, is that? And I, I can't... I can't take it. That's amazing. But we used to sit there and we couldn't believe it. And we'd say, what's wrong with us? And what's wrong with us was just far too much independence and far too, too much, much right with you. Just too much self-awareness, too self-contained, too okay already. And there's It's also, so much more attractive to get... Well, then I feel like know. there's also this thought process that th- to them they think that the extras are not that, which is also, which is also a reflection of... Exactly. Because you just don't know. You don't know. No. Like, I could be over here doing this extra shit today to help pay for my PH fucking D. Girl, one of my best friends was an extra on Different World. Now she has one of the biggest jewelry stores in Hollywood. Yeah. Don't... Yeah. But that's that's something that a penis gives you this, you know, really bizarre... Well, as we've seen with what's gone on. Yeah, this bizarre context. Last months with all of this. Isn't this something? Can we just talk about it for a second? We can always talk about this. Okay. It is such a paradoxical, such a bizarre time right now as a woman. I have two daughters, as you know, six and four. Brave and hero. Brave and hero. And I I remember we, we didn't even we didn't even know what date rape was. We didn't even identify no. it. There wasn't a word for it. No, I we're just, all going on dates and getting raped, and no one knew what the fuck it no was. No one knew, right? But we knew something wasn't fucking right because you go home and eat a bag of candy yes. the size of your body, and you sit in the Something's, shower. Yeah, I can't get clean. Yeah, um, but I just am marveling right now at how loud and profound, and the magnitude and the gathering of massive, the massive gathering of women that are shouting from the fucking rooftops, he touched me, he did this. It is so, it gives me joy. It gives me this yeah. profound sense of joy. And I, and some people, you know, say to me, oh, well, you know, is it all true? And why are they all yelling? And it could out, you know, and this and that. And it's just like, what people don't understand is as a woman, you are, spend the majority of your life not being believed. Simple. Just not being believed. Imagine that handicap. If the opposite sex could just imagine being born into a world where no one fucking believes what you say. Well, and I keep that's... having men in my Instagram telling me like, you know, we, we're entering this place where, you know, women are the ones, um, everyone just believes what women say. And I'm like, that's, that's just false. It's false. They still sp- don't believe us. I said that Russell Simmons had sat across from me in his office and right. said, so when are we going to fuck? Ugh. There were three other people in the room with us. And one of the people next to, the person sitting next to me, going to call me, talking about, I want to get your point of view on that video. Nigga, you were right there. You were there. You were right there. Oh, well, I just thought still, he was, I just still thought not he was being flirty. Still not believe. I just thought he was being flirty. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I was like, if you don't get the fuck off my mother, I was, yeah. I lit this that is phone an up. I had to get a new time. phone. I melted it with my heat, with my words. <laughs> but as a mom with two girls... It's about fucking time we're being believed. Here's and my question, though. What you know, comes after this? Well, we'll see. Right. You know, I mean, if we're going to watch history, backlash is on the way. You know, that's what's probably coming. But let's hope, let's hope it just keeps going because I know that we're on the cover of time right now. I see. We're telling it like yes. it is. Yes. And I know that no matter what comes after this, my daughters will be affected by this, by this movement. Do you talk to them? Uh, they're, they're babies. So, you know, yeah. I mean, we do have conversations about 
what's not okay okay with their bodies probably yeah. the same conversations you'd have with a little boy yeah with any little person just you know people touching you here and yeah, there and it could, okay. yeah and that and that no one's exempt Grandma, grandpa, uncle, yeah. cousin, friend of a friend, delivery boy. I don't give a fuck who it is. Teacher, tell me, teachers. Tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. Yeah, tell me, and tell I me. always tell them, your mother is a fucking wolf. I'm not scared of anybody. You're not. I wish they would tell you they're going to hurt your mama. Tell me, please. Come for me. <laughs> me. Woohoo, let's do it, you know. And so they know I'm not scared of anybody. They know they can tell me. And, you know, there's unfortunately, I've been in situations with dangerous men who have chosen to hurt the woman beside me, not me. Because they know. And I do think it's, an, an unfortunately, sometimes an energetic thing. They that know that you're not the one. Some, some women, unfortunately, are, are probably going to be perceived as prey. Absolutely. Yes, yes. I do believe that I would have had way more stories beyond just like shit being said to me. Yes, I get shit said to me, but no one would ever dare come towards me. Correct. I'm not, we're not the ones. No, yeah. we're not. And And... I think that, like you said, like it's an energy thing, mm-hmm. um, and it's not to victim blame those who are prey. Well, they have nothing to do with it. Nothing. I'm just saying, a predator in is the jungle, going especially to... one yes. who's, you know, uh, one who's been doing it for years and years, has honed that skill mm-hmm. to say that's the one I'm going to get over there. Yeah, that's why when you're working on jobs with predators, you know, some women walk away and go, "I had no idea," and. Right. You know, it's because, well, they weren't going after you, bitch. You're too dangerous. You were going to say something. You might kick them, slap them, and they know just who to fucking get. And that's why they're so dangerous. You know, never the fault of the woman. If you are tender and soft and kind, it does not mean you deserve to be hurt. Simple. In any way. And that's just the facts. Yeah. And in this town, I feel like what I'm... What I did notice, though, is the the lack thereof of black women... Um, coming forward and my mom was like well because they weren't trying to give them the job anyway (laughs) (laughs) I love your mother I love your mother but we have some you know god it's so tough to be black because we have so many other hangups you know (laughs) it's not I mean I think white women do have a luxury of coming out and saying things that we don't you know we're just catching up we're just fucking getting our footing and we're just even being included by white women. I was going to say. White women are just now saying, you can come march with us and be with us and hang with us and your story counts too. So there's a lot of reasons why black women aren't speaking up. Very much so. Like, and when Lapita spoke <laughs> you know, up, she was the only one that he was like, I don't remember it that way. <laughs> I don't I don't. Remember. I don't recall. I love all these I don't remember it that ways. That's my favorite quote of 2017. Right. I don't remember it that way. Well. Too bad, motherfucker. He's still going to jail. <laughs> Too bad. Well, Cree, it is such a treat to get to hang out with you anytime, but yes. also just to get to have you on the show. I'm I sure. love that we didn't talk about anything we were supposed to. No, we did. Did we? We did because okay. all of this is all in the microcosm and in the yeah. micro and the macrocosm of being a black woman in Hollywood. All yeah. of this relates. Yes, it does. It does. And at the end of the day, it's like every black woman's experience is individual. And I think that's one of the biggest issues with being a black woman in Hollywood is that we get lumped into this monolith yeah. that says that like, oh, this is what it is. Like, and you end up being either considered like, okay, so we need we need you, we need you to be like um, you know, like sassy. Like the fact that that's still a thing, <laughs> like we need you to be like sassy. Sassy means ghetto. Yes. I love sassy as a direction. I get it all the time. And then I show and up in just, glasses and I always do the opposite. You do? 
Every time. Don't ever fucking tell me to be sassy. I will give you a Columbia curse out. Do you know what's great? They tell me that in animation too. Can you just make her a little more sassy, a little more street, a little more hip? <laughs> Y'all, my eyes are huge right now. A little more sassy, street, and and hip and hip edgy know. yeah sure and you know this direction is given through a glass wall with like 30 people on the other side and you're just one little chick on the other side <laughs> of the mic and you're like uh, is this my protest moment or, <laughs> or am I gonna pay my fucking rent and you know what that's so so that you know this is a great place to end this because that is such a huge part of being a black woman in Hollywood is Thank deciding you. when it's time for your revolution. Mm-hmm. And I will, you find yourself, and and I think some people may misinterpret like when I'm like speak up or like know your truth and I'm like ag- not acknowledging the fact that like we do have to pay your bills. No. We do have to look at the vision. Sometimes yes. the moment is not, sometimes the vision, the vision is always bigger than the moment. I've had people say fuck shit to me and it's like if I feed into your Goddamn bigotry ass bullshit. I'm gonna be dev. I'm gonna be destroyed. Yes. Yes. And I am. De- and that's why people. That's why a lot of women don't say shit either because they're like, you know what? You are a predator, and you are absolutely like behaving in a way that is incendiary and disgusting. But I cannot let your indiscretion get in the way of where I know where I I'm need going. to be. Yeah, where I'm going. And where I'm going. Yeah. And when I find myself, and in those that woman too, it doesn't mean that she won't speak up when she gets where she's well, going. Well, then they love to say, "Why'd you wait so long?" And it's like that's. <laughs> Why? Because I, I needed so to long. get to a point where this person couldn't pull the rug out and from I under me. I need to get to a point where if I speak up and I happen to have no one come back me up, that I'm powerful enough to do it by my fucking I'm still self. here. I'm still here. You know? Mm. And I actually, I wasn't getting callbacks. I was going on all these auditions. I wasn't getting callbacks. I wasn't, you know when I got my first callback? Tell when me. I spoke up. When I yeah. went in for a role and the role said sassy black woman. <laughs> And I stood in the Hyundai, like the Hyundai service parking lot, just on the phone with my homegirl, like, that's why I fucking hate this shit. I'm going to write my own version of Hollywood Shuffle, and I'm going to start getting funding. I know exactly who to call. And I was just livid. I still went to the audition, though, because I was like, (laughs) (laughs) I need to know this casting director. Yeah. It's big. So I was like, how are you going to tweak this? So I went to the cast. I went to the audition. And like I said, like, I wore my glasses. Like, I flipped it. And when I did the audition, he said... Hmm. Never thought of it like that. You did that different. Yeah. And I was like, yes. And then the assistant was behind the camera, like nodding her head, like, yeah, bitch. Yeah, yeah, bitch. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I did it differently. And in that moment in my brain, I'm like, how are you going to approach this? Like, because in this town, you are absolutely told that you need to be passive and that, you know, you kind of like need to not ruffle feathers. I'll tell you, the only reason I've made, I've, I've come so far from our brunch. Yeah. Because I wasn't passive. No, you've had quantum leaps like, from our brunch. From lily yeah. pads to planets, yeah. you know? And it's because I've like found myself in these situations where I listen to my gut and my gut says, just say the shit. Yeah. Just say it. You don't gotta, it's not gonna, it doesn't have to be rude. It doesn't have to be tactless. No, it has to just be the truth. The truth. Yeah. And I said to him, I said, I was about to like pussyfoot around it. And then I was like, bitch, just, and I said, I did it different because it wasn't right on the page. Beautiful. And- I needed to do it in a way that wasn't offensive. And he was like, oh, you know, we've been telling the producers that all week. Right. You gave them the, you opened the door for them. He was like, I keep telling them. They keep asking me, why are the women all performing it this way? And I told him, because you put the word sassy <laughs> in the damn breakdown. What do you expect? And, you know, I was so like shocked. And he was yeah. like, he was like, Susie, get her, get her the callback script. 
Get her. And that's something. Get her the callback script. And I read the right. I read the callback script in the room. Yeah. And then they called me back. And when I came back, they had the two writers. Oh, good. Who were both women. <laughs> but listen to this. <laughs> there was a monologue. Yeah. And I get in the room and they say, so you can just write it however you want it. Hmm? And I think, you know, if I'm being generous, in their heart of hearts, they thought what they were doing was giving me license to have my own voice. But what they were actually doing was having me rewrite their fucking script. I was just going to say, it's not your job to write their fucking movie. <laughs> write your own not. fucking movie. Write your shit. <laughs> write your own shit. And to ask me to do that on the spot. It's insulting. As a performer, it's not even fair. No. Like... Because now I'm doing improv that I didn't it's, yeah, it's that I didn't much. set up to do, and it threw me off honestly. But it was my, it, but it opened the door in my mind to say like, you know what, say the shit. Yeah. And I, I auditioned for something recently where in the script it said that I say, "Get your hands off me, you big, um, you gorilla," and it's and the person is a black is a black man. man. Yeah. No thanks. And I was like, I walked in in the in this in the seating room. Three of us sisters are there. Yeah. And I was like, "What y'all think about that gorilla line?" And they were like, I don't want to say it. Good. But they were all like, but yeah, I have but, to yeah, say Yeah, yeah, scared, but I have to say it, yeah. I went in first. Yeah. And I was like, this gorilla line right here is not, it's not kosher. And she was like, I didn't feel comfortable with it either. If you don't want to say it, do not fucking feel, this is a casting director. She's but like, isn't that what, I think the point you're making, which I really love, and if people are paying attention, they'll get, is that that wasn't some big protest. That oh. wasn't some big political revolutionary stance. That was simply you being in your integrity. And yeah. I think that is what you always tell people to do, is be in yes. your integrity. And if you're in your integrity and your integrity says, I got to pay this bill, I got to do this thing, not today, mm -hmm. then that is in your integrity. Yeah. And if your integrity yeah. says, yeah. I still got to pay this bill, but this hurts my fucking soul. Yeah. And you say something. Yeah. And then it is not that, because these things have to be said. Because that little, that, those stories you're telling made changes. Well, I didn't I have to go room, see that movie with this brother being called a gorilla. And when I left you know the room, I, mean? I told the girls in the room, don't hey, say it. You don't have to say it. And yeah. they were like, oh. But you. that's how these changes do get made. And I think what you said too about the assumption that as a woman in Hollywood or as anyone who is coming up in Hollywood, we have to be passive. We have to be ourselves. That's the only thing you can be. And the only way you can en enact any change is to be yourself and be true to yourself. Because if you're authentic and yes, if you're being your authentic self, you won't stand for those things. You can't. You can't. You simply can't. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that something? Yeah. I think that's this that's that weird thing about Hollywood is it's so much being something that you're not. For and, a living. For a living. And so the approach is even being someone that you're not. You know, it's why everybody's like, oh, everybody in LA is so fake. No, they're just confused. <laughs> yeah. They, they, they're not fake. They're just confused. Confused. I think they're just confused. I think they just don't know that it's okay to be themselves. They just don't know that they're special. They don't realize you that. You're going to be on I, this couch preaching a word. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Yeah. It's that, that, they don't know their revelation special. right now. They no. don't know they're special. They don't even know. They don't, they haven't found that thing about them that makes them different and wonderful. And so they get off the plane and they come here and they act like a fucking asshole, you know, and then they wonder why it didn't succeed. And it's because there's nothing about you that was unique and special. I mean, it's in there. You just, you just didn't take the time to nurture it. 
And, know, and when I say... That's why they're all the same. They're all the Everybody's same. Everybody's yes, the fucking same. There's only two types of people out here. There's the real ones and the other ones. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and the other ones are winning. <laughs> I hate to break it to you. You know? Yeah. And I'm really... I'm, I, I, I mean, it's like one of my personal like goals to empower people to do what you're saying, yeah. which is like find what's special in you and book ticket on that shit. That's the only thing that's going to make you some... That's why I always say God bless the freaks and the freaks shall inherit the earth. What is it about you that is like no one else? Everybody's got it. We yeah. don't have the same fucking thumb. We don't have the same fucking tongue. There's no way we can be the same. So let's get find out what that is and do that. That's the that's the approach to getting any part. Any any you want to get cast in something, be yourself unabashedly. That's the character. Every time, you know. You know, I just want to give myself props. Yeah. Um, for knowing that you was gonna be the shit. Oh, stop. <laughs> stop. <laughs> Thank you so much Thank for you. taking time and sitting down with us and just very casually dropping these gems on them. <laughs> just cash, just like without any effort. We're sitting on a couch, you guys. You know, the couch is- We're sitting on a fabulous couch <laughs> in the sweetest little Cancerian womb. <laughs> it is like, I have to just let the listeners know that Amanda has compiled all of her pieces of her life. Everywhere I look, there's like a little Amanda <laughs> or something from Ghana or something from some of her art or all of the beautiful books she reads and, you know, things from her past. But there's not an inch of this apartment that doesn't have you all in it. And so when you hang out here, you really feel like you're hanging out with you. It's really good. Thank you. Yeah, I like it. But you know what makes you, like, you don't feel... That doesn't feel intimidating. Like that doesn't. No, it's feel, exciting. I, I can't. There's always somewhere like, to look. I've had it's men like, come in here and be like, "I now? can't do it." I've had men come in my house yeah. and be like, "It's, it's just too much." Too much you. There's too much you. Oh, I God. wouldn't be able to manage this. I'm like, <laughs> oh, okay, well, get the fuck out, nigga. Don't let the door get on the way out because, goddamn, woo, save me a whole fucking night of indigestion, right? God, ba- chow mein, motherfucker. God damn. The last dose. I typically wait to do the small, <laughs> the last dose by myself, but you're here, so I'm just gonna end just whip the show. it out, whip it out. Yeah. For the last dose, I'll just leave you guys with this. Above all else, to thine own self, be true. Be true. Be true. Hallelujah. See you next time. Right like here you got a on fucking choice. Small, you know? <laughs> on small doses, y'all. <laughs> Thank you again, Cree. Thank you, sister. So incredible to have Cree Summer here. Always just a blast when we hang out. Did you hear what I just said? When we hang out, because I hang out with Cree Summer. <laughs> Life is crazy. Life is crazy. I never thought that when I was dressing as Cree Summer for Halloween that she would eventually like be my actual homegirl. Never. If you don't follow Cree Summer on Instagram, you really should. She has a great account and she highlights her daughters in such a beautiful way. So make sure you do that. And also, of course, make sure that if you are a black woman in Hollywood, that, you know, you take a real strong listen to the tips that she was saying. You know, we are very fortunate to have someone like Cree willingly sharing her experiences. And that is not something to be taken lightly. You know, it's basically like we've got a free masterclass today on just navigating these waters. And it's important It's important to put yourself in these positions. And if you're pursuing a career in Hollywood as a black woman, it's important for you to really take a 
larger look at the path that you're going. And if you're a black man in Hollywood, if you're anyone in Hollywood, I hope that you actually really listened to this perspective because it doesn't get to be spoken a lot in a real, real way. And it really got to be spoken about today by somebody who's been in this yet for a long ass time. And I don't mean me because I have been SAG since 92. So everyone out there, onwards, upwards, keep on making your dopeness and uh, happy Black History Month to everyone and to all and continue to celebrate Black history and Black love and Black creativity all year round. And in honor of our Black Women in Hollywood episode, I'm going to play us out with my hashtag Black Girl Magic poem that I did at the 2018 BET Social Awards. Have a good one, y'all. First of all, we make this look easy. Us black girls with all kinds of curls smelling a cocoa butter out here every damn day saving the world. Time and time again, we find the ways and means between packing lunches, planning launches, and patting weaves. To get information to stay information. Girl, you heard what they saying? Ain't no games to be playing. So we show up and show out and turn up and turn this mother out and flip it and yes, man, throw gather, get folks all the way together with edges still in place, skin defying time and space. They call it black girl magic because ain't no way to explain our amazing grace. How sweet the sound of a black girl's point of view. Knowing that nobody does it like we do, boo. Pride in our power, strength in our strides. You can attempt to imitate, but soul you cannot buy. We work twice as hard and must be twice as perfect. Purveyors of potent truths we deliver in small doses. Cause folks is shook when she's moving. Oh no, it's another angry black woman. Bump that. We're not hostile, we're passionate. Clapping back is our way of declaring we ain't having it. They go low, we go high. They say no, we defy. They didn't want us to read. Kept us out of libraries they built. Now we are the biggest buyers of books so we can read you for filth. Our magic is in our love and tears, our fears and our flyness, our sisterhoods and insecurities, our ride or don't even try it. We are not the one and still we rise. This here is for colored girls who've considered getting your life and are reclaiming our time. A podcast network.